Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Carl Newman of the New Pornographers is on this episode. And if you love the band and want to see them play in London, Ontario, I have a treat for you. On February 6th, they're playing the London Music Hall. I have a pair of tickets to give away right now. I think what I'm going to do is the first person to tweet at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, the first person to tweet that they want this pair of tickets to see the new pornographers at the London Music Hall on February 6th. Well, you win. That's it. We'll figure something out. So go. Do it. Win. Win! The 2015 edition of Hillside Inside takes place February 6th to 8th in various venues in downtown Guelph. Now, while Saturday's show with the new pornographers and operators and Sunday's show featuring Stars and Hey Rosetta are both sold out, you can still get tickets for other stuff, like Friday's Oliver Mutapuzzi and the Black Spirits River Run Center show with Alex Cuba, or the Kid Koala Bad Bad Not Good Bizarre show at Mitchell Hall. There are also still tickets left for the Owen Pallet Jennifer Castle show at St. George's Church Sanctuary Saturday afternoon. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening in stores and restaurants and cafes uh, over the weekend. So head over to hillsidefestival.ca for updates and more info. I'm in a good mood. I'm on the other end of the the other side of the illness. I had the cold. And more to the point, I've been spending a lot of time listening to the new Best of the Best Show box set by Sharpling and Worcester, and it's hilarious. This is a comedy duo. They They have a radio thing they do, The Best Show. You might know this already, but Tom Sharpling was just on this show in December, and John Worcester was on the show, I don't know, whenever I started the show, like a couple years ago, a year ago, whatever it was. And anyway, they're both hilarious, but this Best of the Best Show box set is just like a 16-CD compilation thing of like all the phone call bits that they've done, and there's all these characters. It's just endlessly funny, and I can't stop laughing. Anyway, if you haven't 
heard of it recently, listen to me and track this down. The best of the best show box set. Also, the best show with Tom Sharpling is uh, is back on the air and it's going strong. And you can listen to it Tuesdays at 9 p.m. at thebestshow.net. And also, uh, you, there's a podcast that you can find on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, podcast version of the full-on radio show. Anyway, little plug for Sharpling and Worcester, I guess. I like it. I just It's making me laugh so much. My face hurts. And it actually works well because my guest on this episode has an association with Sharpling and Worcester. Uh, John Worcester has played drums with this gentleman. And uh, Tom Sharpling has directed a new pornographer's video. At least one that I'm aware of, off the top of my head. Carl Newman. Carl Newman of the New Pornographers is on this episode to talk about uh, his band and the fact that they're, uh, well, ostensibly we were chatting just ahead of their appearance at the Hillside Inside Festival in Guelph. Um, But we spent a lot of time talking about music, but also it's the most time I've spent with anyone uh, who's doing as well as uh, Carl is it's the most time I've spent talking with someone like that about retirement and also the measles and vaccinations. It'd be, it's a, I think it's a pretty interesting conversation. So uh, if you're a fan of new pornographers and Carl's work, I, I think you'll appreciate this. This is myself and Carl Newman talking about many different things. Please listen and hopefully you will enjoy this. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Newman is a well-respected and gifted pop songwriter who hails from Vancouver, British Columbia. Over the past 20 years, he has spearheaded bands like Superconductor and Zampano and released highly acclaimed solo records under the name A.C. Newman. While long respected by peers and critics for his sense of melody and powerful hooks, Newman's work reached a wider audience at the turn of the century with the emergence of the New Pornographers, a gang of singers and songwriters featuring Nico Case, Destroyers Dan Behar and Newman, among others. 
Virtually all of the band's six albums has been called a classic by someone who could spot such things, including their latest LP, 2014's Brill Bruisers, which, as their highest charting album to date, is their most impactful release since their 2000 debut, Mass Romantic. The new pornographers are on tour behind Brill Bruisers right now, including stops at London's Music Hall on February 6th and Guelph's Hillside Inside Festival on February 7th. Here to chat about some of these things is Carl Newman. Uh, Hi, Carl. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty well. I'm just getting over a cold. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, and and my kids get sick too now. Like my... My little one's in day. My three-year-old, and three and a half, he's in daycare, so he gets. Sick. It's like an endless cycle of illness. Yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard people say that. I know we were uh, the three. You know, I have a three-year-old, mm-hmm. and um, all three of us were sick over a period of about three weeks in December. Oh wow! We we just we just uh, you know the the kid was the kid first, and then me, and then my wife, and yeah, it's uh, it's this illness. This annoying illness thing. In fact, we just we're going we're going to um we're going to Southern California in early March, and we just we just found out that we can't go to Disneyland because there's that measles outbreak. Oh right. Like like they've been saying, don't go to Disneyland because it's it's dangerous because you've got all these anti-vaccination idiots in Southern California <laughs> who are who are basically like spreading spreading diseases and illnesses that we'd previously eradicated. Is this the, this is the school of thought that some of these vaccines might lead to uh, symptoms or, or rather not symptoms, but to autism? Is that? Yeah, but that's, that's been proven a complete lie, but at this point it doesn't matter. Hmm. You know, like, like that was the reason the whole anti-vaccination movement started. But now that that's, but now that that's been proven wrong they don't care (laughs) like they they it it just goes on it does it does seem to go on and i i try to i have friends dear friends who are very passionate about the argument so i try not to speak out on it too much however what they you have dear friends who are anti-vaccination i have to say that yeah i do yeah well they might be good people, but they're pretty stupid. <laughs> I didn't say. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I can't. I can't speak on this on some level because I don't want to offend them. But I also, yeah, as a parent, it's very frustrating that such well, people exist. It's a pub. It's a public health issue. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like if I said, "Hey, it's my God-given right to walk swinging a baseball bat," and if you're if you're in my way and I hit you with my baseball bat, well. You shouldn't be impinging on my freedom. <laughs> it's it's just it's just stupid. Like you're sending your kids out there who can infect other kids just because of some stupid wrong belief. Yeah. Like 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 how far do we take that? Like if I if I if I decide that I'm, I'm I think murder is all right and that's my per- personal belief, like how far do we take it? You you're saying that this might almost be a crime. I think it is. I, yeah. I think I think some of these people who have, you know, have been fighting like vaccinations actually have like death on their hands. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's... you know, because I because I think people, you know, I think there are children that have died from not being vaccinated. Can you back that up? See, I don't know enough about this. I just <laughs> can, know... I, can I can I back that up? It just sounds like fear mongering. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing the same thing they're doing, except the opposite way. <laughs> 
Yes, for I I I I don't I don't have any documented uh, cases of it with me. I think that at the very oh. least they probably have snot on their hands because well, their kids are sick and they're I making d- everyone else sick. But it's it's but it's but it's more than that, you know. Like these these some of these illnesses that uh, are harmless to us can be fatal for a child. Yep. You know, like it, it's and just and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean like. Like, how many dead children do we need before we go, yeah, maybe we should vaccinate? <laughs> you know, this... like, 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 like that, like that, like, like, that's not what we, like, we need, we need, we need some, some children to die. Like, the science isn't enough. The the proven science isn't enough. Yeah, there does seem to be, well, this is an interesting case because it's people not denying science. They claim they're using science against science. But then the science was disproven by science. It's an endless science cycle of of confusion. Well, yeah, it's it's just mod- it's a modern thing where no one no one will agree on facts. Well, except know? except that in some like when you talk about climate change and climate deni- climate change deniers, often it's almost born of religious belief versus science, right? I mean, that's the classic dichotomy. This, as you point out, it seems to be science versus science, and I don't know when science got all confused with itself. Well, uh, well, I think the problem is it's science versus pseudoscience. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. This seems like a nice segue into my first question. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not talking at all about music. <laughs> that's fine. I, I appreciate not talking about music every once in a while, but it does, as I say, it segues nicely into what I was going to ask you first off because I think around its release date, I recall reading that perhaps more than anything that preceded it, Brill Bruisers reflects how happy you are <laughs> with life. Is that actually true of the record? Is that a true statement? Well, I I wouldn't say completely like jumping up and down for joy, happy, but I, th- I feel pretty content. I feel, I feel pretty grateful, hmm. you know, t- to have my life here and, and my family. And maybe it's that maybe it's that gratefulness that makes me so angry at those anti-vaccine people. <laughs> it's like it's like don't it's like don't mess with my happiness. You know. Yeah, yeah. You're you're, me- you're messing with my happiness. You know. <laughs> I just I just I just want to take my kid to Disneyland, but you uh, you've decided to start a measles outbreak, and now, that's messing with my happiness. When you say you can't take your family to Disneyland, it's not like Disneyland is closed. <laughs> people advised you not to do this. Is that what happened? Yeah, actually, our our doctor our doctor advised us. Huh. Well, because yeah, like employees at Disneyland have, have gotten measles. Like about seventy, there's been about seventy seventy people that have gotten measles from from this outbreak that started at Disneyland. It started at Disneyland. Like I remember, there's the and I don't know if it's died down. I stopped paying attention, but there was a thing where National Hockey League players were getting measles. Like a lot of them were getting measles and missing games. It well, good? because it it's so um it's so infectious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, like it's way like it's way more infectious than Ebola. Right. Like like a person with measles could easily infect like 20 or 30 other people, just anybody who's like near. And like a person with measles like touches something, like, you know, the germs will, can stay there for days. Yeah. No, it's I think you're I again, I don't have the science here. I I think you're I think you're right. <laughs> And I'm I, no. I, wasn't wasn't Obama just uh, complaining about this in his State of the Union address? Yeah. How like like that's what 
that's what all like the uh, anti climate change uh you know, people are saying, "Hey, I'm no scientist." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like, like, like that's like that's how you shut down every argument. Uh, hey, yeah. you're not a scientist, and I'm not a scientist. So, yeah, but can't we find out what the scientists are saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I just mean I actually am starting to feel bad as a parent because you are so up in arms. As a, you got a three year old, and I got a three year old, and I just am like, yeah, well, I don't care, whatever the measles. That's not bad. And you're like, this is clearly uh, keeping you up at night almost. Well, it doesn't actually keeps my wife up at night more than me, but you know, well, I think it's just it's just common sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with like, you. Like, 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 like it's, and I think that's another. I keep coming back to this, but another problem is all these like measles has pretty much been eradicated, so nobody know nobody takes it seriously because nobody's seen it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that's that's. That's the problem. Like all these, all these vaccines have been working so well that everybody thinks they don't need them anymore. Yeah, right. We kind of feel like we've got, and we also there's it creates a sense of in, invincibility, right? Because you feel like yes. whatever you get, someone will give you something to fight it. So who cares? Yes, ex- exactly. And and that's what's happening with the anti-vaccine people. Mm-hmm. If we don't do the vaccines. There'll be other stuff we can... Ah, it doesn't make any sense. You're right. Now I'm getting angry. Why'd you do this to me? I was just having a nice enough day. <laughs> and then I call you up and you make me all fr- flustered about being a dad and living in the well, world. Well, you know, at the at the heart of it, at the heart of it, I'm just mad because I wanted to go to Disneyland. And that's that's just it's just fucked up that I don't get to go to Disneyland. Have you been to Disneyland? Yes. Oh, but okay. I wanted, I wanted, but I, you know, I wanted to take my son there. You yeah. Know? You, want, you want to take your three-year-old there because it's a magical fun place didn't you find because when i went to i went to florida when i was a little kid and we went to disney world but i actually Mm -hmm. much preferred universal studios did you do that have you ever done that i've i've been to the la universal studios and how is it it's it's fun i'm a movie guy i like uh, and at the time when i went they had this amazing back to the future virtual reality ride it was incredible I remember that. That was, and they had the ET ride. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know if they're still there. The ET one's probably gone. Well, I assume you got measles, and they had to maybe yes. put them down. Like it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. that's a good situation going on there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um. So at the time of the record's release, you were feeling pretty content uh, in mm-hmm. your life. What do you suppose had you feeling so content in your life? You say living here, or you're in New York, or something. I live I live in Woodstock. Right. Um it was just um you know coming out the other coming out the other side of a lot of things. Hmm. Um you know my mother died in uh, 2010 and then you know you know my wife became pregnant in 2011. So that's and that's sort of stressful. Yeah. When you know you you're overjoyed initially and then you Immediately, I just became worried because you're just like all the, you start thinking about all the things that can go wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Like you're you're there in the you're there in the doctor's office making sure the heartbeat is regular. Like like everything's sort of suspenseful. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and- like like it's. I mean, I'm sure you probably experienced. Yeah, I'm sure you experienced it. Like you feel like you're just going over a series of hurdles. Well, like oh, uh, like we made this hurdle even even up to like childbirth. Like it's like. I hope nothing goes wrong. Well, every, you know? everything is heavy. 
Like nothing yeah. is not heavy the whole mm-hmm. time. That's what it is. And even when your your child is born, you're like you're definitely like you're worried about SIDS. You're just, you're just worried about so many things. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I I feel like when we started when we started working on this record, my my son was was just had just turned one, and I felt like, hey, uh, I think I think we might have this. You know, I feel like I feel like it was one of the first times I just like. I could I could breathe breathe a little easier. You, you like you finally like, had like, a sense of control. Yeah, or like I I think as much as you can ever have a sense of control. Mm. But it, it felt like it was springtime. It was springtime. My son was you know starting to walk. It was like oh, okay, this is good. <laughs> I think uh, you know yeah you just you, you breathe you breathe easier and. And I think that helped. I think that helped in making the record. Yeah, it sounds like you mentioned that the you point out, you articulate that you felt particularly good, and it's probably that feeling, that sensation is heightened by the fact that you came out of a period of tension and angst and sadness. Yeah, and yeah, just like and a lot of a lot of the you know a lot of joy and sadness sort of mixed together. Yeah, and and I put. And I put up my solo album before this record because I felt like I had, I had to get that out of my system, mm-hmm. and and so that I felt like that that gave me some sense of closure. That in in my solo record, shut down the streets. I tried to address some of the things I was thinking in life. Yeah, yeah. Because I felt like I would have I would have felt I would have felt full of shit if. I had just made Brill Bruisers and not addressed all the other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I wanted the next pornographer's record to not be like a low key affair. Yeah, I, I, I wanted I wanted it to very much be a a rock record, are, are, or 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 uh, or as close to rock as we make. <laughs> you you want to qualify the rock aspect? Well, I you know I think. When I think we're being a rock band, other people other people think we're being a pop band. So I don't. I'm I'm perhaps not the best person to judge what we are. Do you find that the term pop or power pop is derisive? Do you find it uh, offensive in some way? It is to me, because I think of power pop as being wimpy pop. Hmm. Because I. Oddly enough, I, when I think of bands that are power pop, I don't think of those being bands that are particularly powerful. Well, who you know? who represents uh, your idea of power pop? Because when well, I when I was younger and I didn't know what to call them, I thought of Superchunk as kind of power pop. Yeah, I mean they're good, but I mean they're God, they're they're closer to like pop punk. But even pop punk holds a lot of baggage. Yeah, you know, Superchunk. I, I mean. I, I hate I hate labeling bands. <laughs> sure, so sure, ridiculous. <laughs> sure, but I just okay. So, but you but you do feel like you need to delineate your band from anything that might be construed as power pop. Yeah, well, I did, I was just talking to somebody about it. You know, they they were saying that they thought Big Star and Cheap Trick were power pop. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never thought of those two bands as power pop, but if they are, well, I'm flattered to be mentioned in the same sentence with them. Like, if that's power pop, then then sure. 
Sure. We're power pop. And, and I also think that sometimes we sound like power pop, but other times we don't. Right. Like, I can see why a song like songs like Use It or Slow Descent into Alcoholism, I'd think, yeah, that's probably power pop. Or even the song Brill Bruisers, Brill Bruisers is power pop. Or Dance Hall Domine. But other songs, I don't think so. And I don't know. People can call us what they want to call us. Yeah, I mean, people are going to apply generic signifiers to whatever you do, but it doesn't really capture the like the dynamic nature of a record or, or your songwriting, right? I mean, there's nothing that can be done about that. Yes. And you've been doing this long enough for, I imagine you're just like, whatever. <laughs> I, I can't yes. really dwell on this anymore. And, some, and sometimes people, you know, and sometimes people ask you about it and you have to agree or deny it. Right, right, of course. Are, are there particular songs on the new record where you feel that this sort of joyous perspective is most obviously represented? Like, do, do you feel like there's moments where you really capture a feeling within you and have articulated it so like, particularly well? Um, well, I think the song Brill Bruisers does, and just, just in the feel of it. Yeah. And I think the song, uh, the song Wide Eyes, has that mm-hmm. I don't know what else and like I, marching marching orders has that vibe and do these reflect something particularly personal for you I know it sounds like there was a lot going marching orders and that makes me think of your son walking for the first time but that's me being very literal <laughs> no it's not it's not about him walking for the first time <laughs> but, but does it capture some aspects of your personal life these these particularly joyous joyous songs um, a song, songs like "Fantasy Fools" and "Marching Orders" are essentially songs about about just still being here. You oh, know, yeah. It's it's like it's about about still making music, about still having a career when a lot of people have fallen by the wayside, where you're trying, you know. It's, it's, it's they're just songs about you know continuing right Conti- continuing against the odds persistence when yeah when you're a person in their 40s and you're like oh good god i'm still making music you know <laughs> like like i'm still doing this and it's not like it's not like i'm mad or sad that i'm doing it but it's that feeling of i can't believe i'm still in this you know yeah 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 at 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 a point when like yeah so many there are so many people that have dropped out of the game yeah like like the, the, there are people who are like the same age as me who like got out of it like 15 years ago you know they had they had their like little music career and they're like I'm doing something else now so it's have you it's come int- do you come have you come close to wanting to do that to to, to depart um, I mean, have I have I wanted to get out of it? Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, there have been points where I just don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, like I like I I, I want to be at home and I want to be, I want to be with my wife and my kid. But I, I think to myself, like, what else can I do? Well, you I know? mean, we sp- and and, I, and and that's and that's sort of. That's sort of like taking it back to what I was started out saying. Like, 
the song marching orders the big choruses you know they say we can't make this stuff up but what else could we make right was it, that that's essentially that's essentially what i'm saying like like i have to make this stuff up because it's all i can do it, i mean it's all you've done <laughs> for 20 <laughs> yeah but years. i mean that's that's well i should say it's it's all i'm okay it's all i'm currently qualified to do right right you have no backup plan at this point no um i i always think of a a quote from william gaddis where he's the writer william gaddis where he said it's too late it's too late for me to become something that i never wanted to be right and and you clearly you identify with that at this point in your life yeah i guess well i i feel i feel like at at this point uh i can uh i can go to my wife when my career is over and go yeah i think you got to take over right like i've done i've done my part i'm an unemployable musician i don't know what <laughs> um I think because of their arrangements and infectiousness, new pornographer songs are often regarded as possessing um, the measles. No, I was going to say mm-hmm. uh, particular exuberance. Is there is there mm-hmm. any darkness or cynicism lurking within Brill Bruisers that we might have been fooled into thinking was nothing but like a party jam? Well, I think a song like Champions of Red Wine is is a pretty sad song. Right. Like, it's like it's 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 very sparkly and and catchy. But if you if you just read the lyrics, it's it's about it's it's sort of a dark love song about two people who really shouldn't be together, uh, but who keep who keep coming back together. Which I think is a very common it's a very common thing that happens in the world of relationships. Well, it has an it has an upbeat quality, but I think a kind of um, I don't want to say detached. It has a detachment to it. I thought. Yeah, that I, I that's one of the things I really liked about that song. I, I liked the uh, I liked the detachment about it. It it, it made like the the Nico delivery it makes it uh, all feel very sad. Yeah, and that was sort of an accident because her vocal was her singing along with me. So when she was singing it, she didn't know she was singing lead, so I think she sang it in a different way. Oh, I see. It was as if it was as if she sang it. It, it, was, it was it was as if she was doing an imperfect. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Nation of me. Oh, like a, 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 she was doing a harmony. Yeah. Huh. So occasionally she was doubling my vocal, but it was a harmony that became the lead vocal. And I think it, it just, she unintentionally sang a very different kind of vocal hmm. like like it's very yeah it has so i think that gave it that gives and that's what made it really work that sense of detachment because it actually is detached yeah like she was she's singing it like a background singer but it, it worked really well as a lead vocal that's so that's just happenstance almost like i mean the narrative of the song fits the delivery by a series of co- coincidences almost yeah. I mean, conscious. You you obviously... I mean, did you mix down a version with your vocal on it? No. About halfway through making the record, we were just turning things on and off. And I turned off my vocal and I thought, yeah, that's better. <laughs> wow. So there's no version... Because that could give the, the song a whole other, you know, quality. Yeah, that's true. I'm but no one, no one will, no one will ever know. <laughs> it's it's too late. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Well, speaking of how songs come to be, or or how you relate to songs as you're making them, when I spoke to um, Dan Behar was on this show uh, in the spring, last spring, and mm-hmm. he said the following in reference to his contribution to this album. I wrote a couple of new pornographer songs actually that in my mind really don't sound like something I wrote. Lyrically, I'm saying things I don't recognize as something I would say. Structurally, mm-hmm. in the music, it doesn't sound like chord progressions I would gra- gravitate towards. So pretty elemental mm-hmm. stuff. From your perspective, what was Dan referring to there? <laughs> what do you mean? Pre- did he say pretty elemental? He did. Pretty elemental stuff. That's the end of the What book. does that mean? I don't, know. I don't know. It's Dan. I can't figure out what the hell he's talking about. I thought you would know. Yeah, I don't know what that... Who knows? He's, I, he's an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seems to be suggesting a kind of distance from his own work. Like, I wrote these songs, but I don't know why I wrote like these. These mm-hmm. aren't songs I would write for this band, and yet I did it. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that something he often goes through? Like, he seems generally surprised and startled by what he created. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird. Uh, I'm, I'm mystified. I'm mystified by uh, his, the way he writes. Hmm. Like I like I don't know much about it. Well, like when he brings these songs, these particular songs he's referring to, when he brings them to the table for you mm-hmm. or for the band, were you like, oh, these are these are odd, Dan? Like these are odd songs for you to bring to us? No, I didn't think that at all. <laughs> I just remember I just remember thinking like this is this is great. Like I remember like uh, like War on the East Coast and Born with the Sound. I just thought this is awesome. Huh. Like I just I. Uh, but I mean, I know it's a different. It, it is. It is a very different thing than what he does in Destroyer. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think he was comparing it to his previous contributions to the New Pornographers, though. What you mean? He was comparing it to like he was saying like these songs I wrote for the New Pornographer songs don't sound like songs I would write for the New Pornographers. I think that was my take on it. Not necessarily, hmm. like, these aren't songs I would write for anything. He just... I, I don't know. I mean, that's... Okay. A... All right. I, 
So you're not going to help he, me solve him either. That's fine. No, I don't. I don't have any idea. Dude, well, but but I know I know how it is. Like often you try and explain your own songs to people, and it's it's very difficult. You know, Dan sees his music in a very different way than I see his music, or you. Yeah. You know, see it. Do you, so. Are you are you basically suggesting like I think some of us are. I don't want to say we're weirded out by Dan, but we mm-hmm. we have a sense that he's on a different plane. Are you saying even someone as someone close to him, you also find him strange? Like you you don't quite understand where he's coming from. I mean, only only musically, right? I mean, Dan Dan's actually far more normal than anybody than anybody thinks. You know, I think people people think he's he's some you know some weird i don't know anti-social guy but he's not at all he's just a very normal cool guy who i think keeps keeps his real self at a distance well you know yeah and i think like 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 from like he's he's a certain way with his friends but he he keeps a lot of you know everybody else at a at a slight distance but like he when i think of everybody in the new pornographers he's He's one of the more normal ones. Well, I must say, like, over 160 or so episodes of this show, I still get messages about the Dan episode because I think a mm-hmm. lot of people just hadn't heard him speak or, or mm-hmm. talk at length, and it sort of demystified him a little bit for people. Even, I think, Merge was surprised he agreed to talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so I think he has cultivated a veneer of mystery, but it, and I and I'm... As, as part part of my job was to figure out if that was real, <laughs> if this is just is this something he's doing? Is he is he formulating this veneer, or is it just some an outpost, an aspect of his personality that comes naturally to him? Well, you know, I think, I mean, I, I think both of us aren't entirely like like we like playing music, but we're not entirely comfortable like trying to be some sort of rock star yeah. character. And I think Dan's way of dealing with that has just been to like very much keep to himself. And and by doing that, it cultivated, like people just cultivated their own idea of him. Right. Because cause all, they, all they know about him is just from his music. And from his music, he just seems like a very strange you know, intelligent person. Yeah. Like, 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 a, and, and slightly off, you know, like, like the way, the way he sometimes sings like a, he's a snake, you know, yeah. like, uh, so yeah. And I think it's just a, and when you talk about him doing the interview with you, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it was on Kaput. Uh, when he made, when no, he made, no, Kaput- it wasn't actually. I mean, it was he. Oh, was it? no, it was, it was literally last spring. He was playing in Guelph. Oddly enough, okay, he, he came to just do one show. But it was post, so post Caput, post Caput, and we talked a lot about the new record, actually, the one that's not could, out yet. Oh, all right, and uh, but I know, like going into Caput because Caput was such a different record and he was thinking it would be hard to play. He didn't even want to tour it. Right. Like I remember when we were touring together, like the record was essentially done and he said, how am I going to tour this record? And I thought that was ironic that 
after having said that, that he didn't want to tour the record, he proceeded to do more touring than he had ever done on any record. And he was, and he was sort of, and I think the popularity of Kaput just sort of thrust him into a, this situation where he, he couldn't keep to himself as much. I wonder if when he, when he articulates this uh, question of like, how am I going to tour this if it's actually a secret way of challenging himself? Like he, he just had to articulate that he intended to do something by saying he wasn't going to do it, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, you, you mentioned that, uh, I, I'm unclear, do the new pornographers spend much time discussing the inspiration for or meaning behind a given song that someone brings in? No. Not really. No, you just play. I'm I'm shocked at how I'm shocked at how people like don't ask me. But I never asked Dan, you know? Hmm. Like I, I just feel like he would just look at me. He would just he, I think he would just stare at me for a while if I went, Hey, what's born with a sound about? <laughs> and he would say, What do you think it's about? You know, what are your songs about? And I would say, Well, touche. <laughs> But I mean, even within your band, are you are you if someone were in your in your band were to ask you like, you know, I, I gotta say, this this one song, I I don't get it. What is this? Would you would you <laughs> try to explain where you, it came from? Um, yeah. Okay. You're open to the I mean, idea. I mean, I mean sometimes I've I've said I've said to somebody what a song was about and they go, Oh, oh cool. Like they never they never realized it. Like they didn't understand what the lyrics were about and but they never thought too much about it. Right. So you're open to the idea of explaining things. Yeah, I have okay. no problem with it. Because I but I, I mean you mentioned you you kind of uh, you and Dan are both sort of private people and you or well I guess Dan more so than you. But you you've also yeah. you have a bit of a I think you have a reputation and a persona as well. I, I I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a lot more out there than Dan is. Mm-hmm. Like like I think I pre- I think I present I present when I do present myself, I think that's very close to who I am. Right. Like when I'm just talking on stage or when I'm doing interviews or I'm talking on Twitter. But when I'm not doing that, I'm so happy just to be by myself at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like I'm I'm very happy to occasionally I might be gregarious, but I'm also very happy to be at home and not talk to anybody for a month. Right. Like that doesn't that to me that seems that seems like a great way to spend my time. You sound like Just, a you sound like a normal human being. <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that what normal people do? Normal human beings have a side of them that want to go out and do stuff and talk to people, and another side that just wants to be alone and and hang out with their family. I think that's fairly normal. So, but that that's my uh, my main go to place is uh, is just I just want to be here. Like I'm I'm looking forward to being retired. I think right. that's great. In fact, I think what. Of course, it this this is a, a grass is always greener scenario, but I think it would be awesome just to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, I'd I'd have to be I'd have to get better at cooking, but you know I like I like uh, you know I like doing it. I do too. It, I miss it. Like it, it remind it reminds me of um, I'm not sure how related this is, but like years ago, I was talking to. It's gonna sound like name dropping. Uh, I was talking to Kristen Schaal, you know, mm-hmm. yep. the comedian. Yep. And I was saying how, like, oh, I'm nervous about this record. I'm nervous about this record doing well. And she said, like, what do you care? You've already made your mark. <laughs> like, 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 she, like, and I thought, like, 
you know, it was an interesting way of looking at it. It was like, you've already done, like, basically it's saying to me, like, look at everything you've already done. I think you've already cemented your reputation. And, and I, and I think to myself, I, I sort of feel that way. Like, like I could retire if I didn't have to worry about money right now, I would still make music, but I would be content to just, you know, make music and just be at home and just essentially be retired. And maybe that's a normal thing. Maybe that's what everybody wants. I think on some level it is, but I feel like that's a dangerous thing to hear as an artist or a potentially dangerous thing. It must have been but, weird to hear that. What, like, what do you care? <laughs> you've no, no. Like, yeah, like, well, you've already done everything you're going to... Like, it's almost... There's a finality to what no, she said almost. No, it wasn't. It wasn't... It was just... I think she was just saying, like... It's the kind of thing that you would never say to yourself, but you would say to another person. Like, yeah, yeah. hey, you've done a lot of, like, you should be proud of what you've done already, you know? Yeah. I, I like, suppose. you've, like, it basically saying, if you stop, if you stop working right now, you know, you could, you could look back at what you've done and be proud. And, I mean, of course, it's hard to do that because you have to do things like make money. Yeah. But, you know your band seems I, your your band seems particularly connected to comedians and and funny things. Why do you suppose that is? I don't know. I I love I really love comedians. Like I I, I appreciate the craft, mm -hmm. and they're and they're funny. So who doesn't want to hang around with funny people? <laughs> like like when when you're hanging around with a musician and they're not making music, I mean, what do they do? <laughs> I mean, they're but but a but a, com a comedian. They're 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 always very they're always very interesting and and funny. I don't know. I just at some point I feel like we fell in with a, a lot of the comedians, and I just I've always I've always loved that stuff. And I think there's I think there's a give and take there between like comedians respect musicians and musicians respect comedians. Yeah. So that, so there's a there's a certain the relationship works. There's a, there's a mutual respect there, which 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 is not based on any sort of competition. Right, right. And and like you because you're, you're both you both do things that are creative, and you're both sort of in the public eye performers. But you do you do completely different things. I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just I'm just theorizing on the spot. I don't know why. I think there's many parallels between the two worlds and 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 that's why I think so many music publications and music festivals are bringing in comedy stages and and maybe vice versa. I think there's it just seems to have naturally happened over the last 10 years or so. Yeah, well, it de it definitely definitely crosses over. Yeah. I want to ask about what first sparked your your interest in music. What Vancouver was like for you as a music fan? Do you do you have memories of that uh, of those things? <laughs> you mean like when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know. I mean, I had an older brother who had who had records. Not like he was a big music geek, but I felt like you know I had changes one Bowie and had Talking Heads '77 and like Rolling Stones, Hot Rocks, and mm -hmm. you know the Beatles and. Just uh, you know, I I think I just always loved music. I always loved like stuff that was on the radio. Um, and I I didn't pick up I didn't pick up a guitar until I was eighteen. Uh, and even after that, it was a couple years before I 
or two or three years after that before I ever thought of crossing the line from audience member into performer. Huh. And that 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 felt like a huge that felt like a huge mental block. Like 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 psychologically, I remember thinking like, do I dare do this? Right. Like do I dare become a person who's a performer? <laughs> and then so it wasn't yeah, it, it it's strange to me because I was I was never a like performer when I was a kid. I think I was I was always a pretty shy person. And I think that's not that uncommon with a lot of people in in bands. Yeah. And and I think I, I think I realized that you could be a different person on stage than you were in your regular life. Like you could you could compartmentalize it. And that was that was it was a very it was a very interesting it was a very interesting thing to realize. As a kid, I think I first saw you perform in Zampano at Edge Fest in Toronto in 1995. Do you remember that show? Y- yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I probably assumed that because of the connection to Sloan and Murder Records that you were an East Coast band. Was that a common misunderstanding? Um no, we weren't even we weren't popular enough for there to be misunderstandings. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody cared where we were from. How did that connection to Murder Records come about? We just we just met them. Oh, okay. You know, um and they they liked us, so And then I remember that that summer we were touring with Hardship Post and I became like pals with those guys. At the end of the tour, I went to Halifax and hung out for a month just because there's a lot of cool people there. You know, like Hardship Poster there and Jail and Sloan and Thrush Hermit. It seemed like a it seemed like a cool happening place to go. And I'd just been I'd just been dumped by my girlfriend at the beginning of the tour, so I thought I'm gonna go hang around in Halifax. So I think that was I think that was the murder records. I think that might have been that might have been a big part of the murder records connection. Well, there, at the time, there was a there seemed to be a great divide between the coverage of music made in Western Canada and Central or Eastern Canada. Was that was that a real thing? Yeah. Well, like nobody, yeah, nobody knew about Vancouver bands except for the huge bands. You know, like people knew about Brian Adams, right? So it was. I mean, I was just talking to somebody about it. How like when when Master Mantic came out in two thousand. It was sort of, we were, I don't know what the word for it is, not outliers, but there, there, wasn't, there wasn't really a precedent for us. Right. You know? Like, 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 like we, were the, we were the Canadian band from Vancouver that was like becoming a popular indie rock band in America. You know? Yeah. Like, it, like now it happens all the time. Now, it, now there's a different one every week. <laughs> but... But at the time, it was like, you know, and we didn't we didn't become the biggest, and we weren't the best. But I feel like we were like, for whatever reason, we just showed up first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like you, were... you know, at, at the at the at the at the end of two thousand, and like we were the we were the band that like got noticed. Is there anything about those earlier formative days making music that you miss or have nostalgia for? Well, it's. It's fun to be, it's fun to be the new band. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's fun when 
you're not very popular, but you feel huge. <laughs> right. Like, like we'd, we'd, we'd sell out like a club and we'd go to New York and sell out a club that holds 200 people and think, I can't believe it. I can't believe we sold out this 200 capacity club in New York. It felt like we're so popular. Yeah. And that's fun. I mean, you're not making any money. <clears throat> you're just, you're just happy to be there. You're just, you're just soaking in the, uh, like, it's nice to be liked. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I've never been in a band that's so liked. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> All right. And years, years pass by and you begin to take it a little, a little for granted. And, 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 you know, like your career morphs a little bit just because you become, when you become an established band, but in a, in a good way, you know? Yeah. Like now, now I'm here and like, like, I don't think I ever felt as popular than, you know, in the first six months of Mass Romantic coming out. But, but that was just, you know, but we weren't that popular. <laughs> you know, it, like, I, like, I, like I'm way more successful now. But it felt bigger then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's just the zero. I think it's just starting from zero. And all yeah. of a sudden, like, it felt like it was like, it felt literally like zero to hero. Right, right. Like, 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 like one month, one month is like, nobody's heard of us. Nobody's coming to our show. And then six months later, it's like, wow, we were getting rave reviews and spin and rolling stone. You know, we're the popular indie rock band now. Yeah, yeah. And it like it like we we felt like we were an overnight sensation, even though we weren't. Yeah, I can see how I, I can, I, and it must be. Yeah, I can see why you would have a longing or whatever for that, or at least a fondness for that. Yeah. So now 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 I'm now I'm just now I'm just jaded. <laughs> well, in your jaded state, beyond this uh, set of new pornographers dates, what's next for you? Are there more solo records? Is there? Do you have plans at this point? I'm just doing. Just working on more pornographer stuff. Oh, that's the plan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll. Whatever music I do outside of the band, I don't think it'll take take the form of a solo record. We'll see. But I, I mean, I always want to. I always want to work on music. So. Okay, so at the but but you feel you obviously are feeling really strongly about how the band is working right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Making the making uh, Brill Bruisers felt really good. It makes me just want to continue making music. That's great. Yeah, and, and it, it makes I don't know. I just, I just feel like I want to just do whatever the hell I want to do. <laughs> Which might <laughs> make 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 some music. And when I when I say that, I mean in the context of music. Yeah. Like I I just I just want to want to just make make music that I think is is interesting. You're not necessarily refer- try not, try- re- referring to retiring. No, no, I'm just just saying like I want to. I just want to make music from here on out, and always make sure that I'm just trying to keep it interesting and good, and and trying not to concern myself too much with what I think I should be doing. Right. You know. Yeah. Like not concern myself with the kind of music that I think I should be making. Just make the music that I want to make. So I've tried to I've tried to stick to that program. Yeah. 
for the most part. I assume it can be tricky when you are a self-aware artist, but it sounds like yes. you, you're <laughs> at the same time you can be conscious about doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, the latest album by the new pornographers is Brill Bruisers, which is out now via Matador Records and Last Gang Records in Canada. The new pornographers are on tour right now, including stops at London's Music Hall on February 6th and Guelph's Hillside Inside Festival on February 7th. Uh, for more information, please visit thenewpornographers.com. Um, Carl, sorry for the abrupt ending, but I know you have to get going. Is there a song from the new record uh, that we can play? I'm got You know, how about uh, how about High Rise? Because I feel like High Rise is a, it's like the underdog on the record. What? It's like it's 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 not it's not the hit, but it's it's a song I always I like I like the vibe of it. Is this a song you play live a lot? I've we, no, we we. We played it about five times. Huh. It's the underdog, but you're not giving it the spotlight. I mean, you are now, but not <laughs> not when you're well, you on tour. It's it's it's. I mean, it's it's more of a weirder like. It's more of a weirder like low key number. Right. And so when when you're playing live, there's so many like of the like more upbeat rock numbers that you want to lean on. Right. You know. Right. Like if you're making a choice between are we going to play high rise or dance hall domine, we go. Yeah, let's play Dancehall Domine <laughs> because that's that's a big rock song and it sounds cool. Right. Okay. Well, let's give it let's give it some love. This is High Rise by the New Pornographers. Uh, Carl Newman, thank you so much for your time and best of luck avoiding the measles. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm hoping hoping to not catch that. <laughs> Concentrated and glowing 
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.